Today on Locked On Rockies, it is time to sell, sell, sell. You are Locked On Rockies, your daily Colorado Rockies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rockies on Rockies fans, welcome into the Locked On Rockies podcast for Sunday, 24th of July. A little makeup pod for your Friday here as we give you a little bonus weekend pod because uh, as you can clearly see if you're watching on the YouTube and you might even hear it a little bit, still very much in the middle of a move. My set has completely changed. The look of Locked On Rockies is going to change here real, real soon. Going to have a brand new uh, look behind me and all sorts of cool stuff that we're doing. And if you want to check all that stuff out, make sure you're checking us out on YouTube where we're live streaming right now. And you're like, who's this guy? Well, I'm Paul Holden. I'm your Rockies fan extraordinaire bringing you your daily Colorado Rockies podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Proud to be your first listen of the day. And uh, we are free and streaming on your favorite streaming service. And today's episode of Locked On Rockies is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one spot with more odds, props, and lines than ever before for all your gambling action. Check it out at Bet Online, where the game starts. Today on Locked On Rockies, the there was uh, there was some talk, there was some hype, there was some pushback, there was uh, some stuff going around about the Rockies when it comes to the deadline and the current position they find themselves in when it comes to the trade deadline. Should they buy? Should they sell? Are they going to sell? What are they going to do? But we got another good look at what the Rockies should do at the deadline in these first two games against the Brewers. And the Rockies played fine. Unfortunately, things got away from them yesterday uh, because of the the amount of uh, the length that they went in the first game. But let's start there. This Rockies team does not have the depth to make a run. It doesn't have enough excitement, enough interesting players making impacts across all aspects of the game to make this team an interesting team going forward through this season. If you really want to hold on hope to a third wild card spot while this team just dropped two to a division leading team that is is a prime example of what is awaiting you for and, and the type of teams you have to beat, you can't turn to Chassin for multiple innings. You can't have a two-run home run, you can't blow a game late and blow leads when you come out and have a hard-fought win to start or a game basically wrapped up in one. You can't lose so many two-out battles that the Rockies do. If you really, really, really want the Rockies to be the most successful team that they can possibly be in the grand scheme of things, They need to trade at the deadline and they need to trade multiple pieces. I don't, maybe I'm, I'm naive and all those things. I don't know why teams don't talk more with players about bringing them back in the off season while also trying to, to improve their teams. Why not let these other players go some, it it seems just strange. I know that these players want to be Rockies and I like that. It's exciting that Daniel Bard, another pitcher, wants to pitch at, at, in Colorado. It's exciting that C.J. Crone is not only playing well, but he's also someone that's uh, really liked the fact that the Rockies have committed to him. And <laughs> it's so hard to talk uh, about all of uh, this, all of this, uh, this stuff, it, 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 because 
I feel I feel bad because these players clearly clearly want to be Rockies. They want to. Uh, yeah, I know, right? We're at a little live chat stuff there. That's why you might see me hear me a little spacious. We had a, a little a, a spam bot attack here on our live recording, but uh, I think we've taken care of it. Uh, but anyway, I'm just saying this team just it just doesn't have enough. To really make you sit there and be like, take the, I, I think the prime example, the prime example, and I, I know, let me finish my thought, and because let me, I'll circle back to what I was about to say there. <laughs> my, the spam bot distracted me. I really value that there are players that love Colorado and want to be Rockies and embrace and, and, and like being here and help build up the identity of players want to play for this team. It's cool that Chris Bryant comes here. It's awesome that CJ Crone gets to come and get a resurgence here. It's uh, been all sorts of, uh, man, we're just getting all sorts of uh, <laughs> spam bots here. But anyway, it's cool that this team wants to go out and commit to these players. But players also got to, you know, players also understand and really, what is the mindset of these players? Do we know that they're going to come back to the Rockies? Do we really know that all of the pending free agents for the Colorado Rockies are, in fact, going to come back to them? We, we saw what happened last year at the deadline. They weren't able to get a deal done with John Gray in the, in, in the, uh, in the grand scheme of things. It's all sorts of those questions circle around this point with the Rockies it, it just is really truly what do you want to do do you want to just be mediocre do you want to continue to say oh what if what if we have this team this team has we got Chris Bryant we've had enough to we're playing the NL West really well this year but you haven't beaten these other games. you're losing your close games and then when your bullpen is depleted look what happens are other teams in the same situation as the Rockies there? No. Not when you are a wild card team, you have to have depth. You have to have players that are that are out, out, sometimes overperforming what they what they wanted to do, you know, what they do. You just kind of need to make sure that this is something that the Rockies are really thinking about. Can you bring back all these players? Are they going to come back? Do you really want that? Looking at how the season is shaking out, do you want to go down the path again? Again. Or do you actually want to do something different, to replenish a farm system and start building towards some really exciting pieces that you have for the future while also having a pretty darn good foundation? I don't know. I'm, I'm doing my. I, I'm banning on my end, so I'm hoping that's working. But uh, we'll we'll see about that. But we're we're being. We do a special podcast, and we're and we're derailed by the the spam bots. Not much you can do about that. Uh, but there is plenty the Rockies can do to prepare themselves for the the future of the of the team. And and it. <sighs> Why not move on for do you really I as great as he's been this season, as as good as it's been, do you want 
to go for a second half of Jose Iglesias when you could see what you have from your young guys, from your exciting prospects? Do you want CJ Crone to continue playing first base on a sub-500 team that continues to be around five games out of the wild card when you could just play Montero over there the entire time for a second half of the season and get him at bats against a really tough stretch of baseball? Ask yourselves when you are when you're when you are a Rockies fan when you are sitting there and 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 I love the passion of people that because six and a half games isn't isn't crazy, it is doable. But is this Rockies team constructed as is right now as we have seen for over half of a season now enough to get? A wild card win, and then a division series win, and then a championship series win, and then a World Series win, and then, and then, and then. And really, no. But you know what would be exciting? Seeing one of your top prospects play for the second half of the season and, and actually get consistency to see what you get with the future. Letting some of these players step into leadership roles and letting them get some playing time as well. You need to change the mentality because this team is a below 500. This team is over six games back in the wild card race. This isn't enough. If you and 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 and, and unless you could, you know, if you want to spin it the other way. Do something even more drastic and buy at the deadline. If you really believe in this team, if you actually sit there as the as the front office and say, this is a competing team, but we're missing something, then go out and buy. Go out and buy at the deadline then. If you really, really believe in this roster as an organization, why aren't we aggressive buyers? Why aren't the Rockies going out to figure out a deal for Juan Soto? Right? I mean, I, I. why are the Rockies not trying to get better then? Because here's the deal. The, the worst possible case for the Rockies is they sit and do nothing again. And we'll dive into that here in just a second. But before we do that, I got to tell you about some of the great people that make this show possible. And that includes LinkedIn. As the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. Folks, you know about LinkedIn. It's part of something. If you are finding a job, LinkedIn and LinkedIn Jobs is something you got to use. It's one of the biggest tools. It's got a network of over 810 million people. And guess what? All you got to do, add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. And did you know that every week, nearly 40 million, 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. 
Diving into the live chat here, Adrian says, six games, that's not even that bad. But like you said, we have no depth, especially in the bullpen. We have two solid arms after they are used. The game is a free-for-all. And that's it. And you have arms that you want to turn to, and some of these younger guys too. I'm if Another reason, if you sell off your pieces, you can get a better understanding of what the current state of these players are, what you actually have, and what you need to do in the offseason. The Rockies have made smart bullpen moves of late in the offseason. You can't argue that getting Daniel Bard, getting Colomay has have, have been bad moves. And, and, and on the starter side, getting Chad Cool. The Rockies have made nice moves for them. But it's also led to the fact that the Rockies are still sitting in the at, at the bottom. They're sitting at 43. Actually, when was this article written? I can't remember if this updated here because we're heading over to MLB.com. Uh, so this is yesterday, so I don't think it... Uh, I think this was out before the game. So I think the Rockies are actually 43-51. and 51. Let me double-check. 43-52, uh, and 52, actually, yeah, to be uh, correct. The Rockies are, again, just about to that five games below 500 mark. So what are, what are they really going to do? What, what do... What, what really is the purpose for this Rockies team to hold on to Jose Iglesias, Chad Cool, Daniel Bard, and Alex Colome. All four of those players are free agents at the end of the season. Not all of four of those are going to come back to the Rockies. There's no way. There's just no way. I don't think all four of those players are going to sit there and say, that Rockies team is where I want to be right now. Now, the Rockies might offer them more money, and that might entice them because the Rockies will want to bring something back. Because I think the big thing that we're going to hear through this second half and through the offseason is we didn't have a healthy Chris Bryant. That is going to be the big, big lean for the Rockies this year. They're going to use the fact that the Rockies have been playing winning ball with Chris Bryant in the lineup uh, compared to when he's out of the lineup. It's going to be something you're going to hear a lot about, especially if this team stays pat at the deadline, which is that the worst, 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 worst thing the Rockies can do at the deadline. Get better either right now for your team right now or get better for the future i'm sorry rockies fans i as much as i want this team to go on a run as much as i want this team to go and do something crazy as much as i want rocktober we can't rely on chasin to come out in a close game against a team that is leading a division and a game goes from 3-1 to 9-1. When the Rockies' bullpen is depleted because they can't get the job done in extra innings, going scoreless multiple times even with the Ghost Runner on, and blowing a late lead, a late multi-run lead. I want the Rockies to be good and exciting, of course. But I'm also realistic. I want the Rockies to be good in the future. And you know what helps the Rockies? Trading. Being active at the deadline and not getting burned. The Rockies getting one draft pick for Trevor Story and John Gray is a mistake. It does not help the Rockies 
to just rely on hoping and wishing in the offseason and hoping and wishing for turning around in the middle of the season. You've missed so many opportunities. You've, the Rockies have mishandled the deadline time after time again. And this one is fairly obvious. The Rockies fandom, everyone has accepted it. You're finally in a position with Rockies fans and everyone that you can be a little transitional. No one. I mean, realistically, until Chris Bryant signed and then and up to when he got injured, what have what has the perception of the Rockies really been? What have the Rockies really done? Lose. Regress. Not get better. And the trade deadline gives you an opportunity to get better as a team. You have plenty big opportunity to get some decent prospects. You're not going to go get ones and three top ten prospects for these players. No. But you're telling me a team ain't going to be interested in Jose Iglesias? A guy that went and has, for the now two seasons had made huge impacts, especially being an interesting trade piece, could add a little pop to your, especially with him going out and hitting on the road when the Rockies can go and say, hey, guess what? He might not be hitting at Coors, but uh, <laughs> he's hitting everywhere else against good pitching. And you get to play Tovar. You get to, you could play, at this point, I'd be fine with Rymack at shortstop and Montero at third. You could get a good little haul for CJ Crone. And you could play Montero the rest of the year. Do the Rockies get better by just playing the same team as the roster is constructed right now after the deadline? That is the question you have to ask yourselves when you are thinking about, is this team going to be good enough to make a run? Even, can, to overcome this six game at least into the wild card chase. Because when you watch the first two games against the Brewers, this team as constructed right now isn't there. And, and not to say that there haven't been good Rockies performances. And the, the, I mean, we have gotten the Rock, two good starting pitching performances for the Rockies here. But we've also seen the lack of depth be a huge issue, especially last night. Do the Rockies get better at the deadline by doing nothing? No. The Rockies will get better in two ways. You either buy and improve on this foundation and these players that you think, even if it is a rental. Right? That's, a, that's what competitive teams do. That's what the mentality of competitive teams do. That's what your mindset and what you're supposed, your actions are supposed to be if you are a team that wants to compete. That's what aggressive GMs do. That's what teams in situations where they think that they have a good foundation do. They buy at the deadline. They make moves with waivers. The Rockies don't do that. The Rockies get better if they prepare for the future by offloading players that you know aren't going to come back. Out of the five main trade pieces for the Rockies, only one of them has control. And ask yourself, Will the Rockies be able to re-sign all of their free agents? And do you want the Rockies to re-sign them? Re-signing Jose Iglesias next year is probably a mistake. 
I want Tovar playing shortstop as soon as possible, even if it takes the bumps in the roads. I want him in the lineup every day when he's Major League ready. And the Rockies love to stick a vet in there and suck up that playing time. We have seen it time and time again with their prospects. The Rockies do not get better if they do nothing at the deadline. They will continue to be fourth place in the NL West, fighting for fifth, and at least five games back of the wild card. That is not a competitive team. It's not. You have a great opportunity to get better following another season before this that you had another great opportunity to get better for the future, and you squandered it. Doing nothing this trade deadline is a mistake for the Colorado Rockies. Let's talk about the game coming up here in just a little bit actually and uh i'll actually i'm gonna get uh, some twitter reaction as well from a little post that i made before this uh weekend but before i do that gotta tell you about betonline.net betonline.net is the fastest yes the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs and you can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. So many awesome bets that you can get involved with with your beloved Rockies. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in game betting scores and podcasts. They have you covered. If you want to get in the action, maybe you're heading to the ball game today for a little Sunday action or watching it for your little Sunday uh, afternoon ball action. BetOnline's going to get you that live betting that you can get in there and uh, join in, in the game, make it a little bit more interesting for you. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today at BetOnline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. So... I asked on the Locked on Rockies Twitter earlier this weekend, and uh, I said the Colorado Rockies return to the diamond. Uh, this was before the game. What are your expectations for the second half of the season? Just want to read some of them. Jambron says, they have the toughest schedule in the second half. I'll be happy if they finish around 75 wins, but it can easily envision a 70-ish win total. Would love to see more Montero playing uh, Montero playing time and then be sellers, parentheses, unlikely, at the deadline. Noah Spreak says, six and a half out with 69 to go. Prayer hands emojis. <laughs> Zach Wavy Betts says, Rockies have me drinking at 9 a.m. and almost drunk at 10.30 a.m. Followed up by Centennial State Sports saying, every year... And Corsi Cat says, I think I can reasonably expect to eat over 74 and a half Rocky dogs. And that was just in the second half. That's an aggressive hot dog count, but, you know, Corsi Cat loves to put him down. Uh, the There was some pushback to Jambron there. You think the Rockies are only going to win 27 games? Get out of here, LMAO. Folks, is it really that unlikely? The Rockies have the hardest schedule in baseball left. They lost two in a row to the Brewers. I mean... Brewers, into White Sox, into Dodgers, into Padres, into Diamondbacks, into Cardinals, into Diamondbacks, into Cardinals, into Giants, and then you into Rangers. And then you follow it up with the Mets and the Braves. And the, you get a little bit of reprieve here with some of these teams, but the Rockies have to continue to be really, really good against the division. Another question to ask yourself, are the Rockies good enough to compete in this division 
And when you look at the standings and when you look at the records, Rockies are in fourth place. I know the Giants are skidding, but it's this, watch what happens. It's second half Giants. There's there's been good stuff though. I know it's kind of been negative. It's just that it's it's an it's a tough conversation to have. But the Rockies did play very well against the Brewers in that game and did that was a tough one to lose in extras. They should have won that game and they needed to win that game. But we're seeing some good stuff from some players and especially uh, Charlie Blackman continues to swing the bat well. But the Rockies need to stop striking out. The Rocky uh, Ryan McMahon and CJ Crone need to figure out the strikeouts. And Ryan McMahon, we talked about players that need to step it up. He is also we because I've talked a lot about him. Ryan McMahon it, cannot be doing what he's doing at the dish. It's it's simply not. He has to be better. He has to be better than that. He has to contribute and he has to be more clutch. The Rockies and if he isn't, get him out of the middle of the lineup. He cannot continue to be where he's at in the lineup if he's going to continue to underperform. I'd rather Jonathan Daza bat in the middle of the lineup. I'd rather Connor Joe bat in the middle of the lineup. Ryan McMahon is, does not get to hold on to his little uh, to, to that spot in the lineup when he continues to bat like this, and he's going to and continues to strike out. You cannot strike out the the Rocky CJ Crone and Ryan McMahon. Their strikeout numbers really hamper the Rockies' offense. The Rockies obviously depend on C.J. Crone a great amount, but strikeouts are the worst. And C.J. Crone strikes out a lot. A lot. Adrian uh, asks, do you think giving these guys extension is reason not to try to start? No, I don't. I, I think all athletes try I, I don't think anyone necessarily goes out. I think the they're I think they are always trying. They are always playing baseball at the at pro, the professional level, and hitting is really really hard to do so right now. I do think extensions give you a little bit more comfort, and it takes the edge and a little bit of the anxiety off of this, and a little bit of that need to need to need to. But baseball is also a game of ebbs and flows. And I think instead of it being a, a, a reason for tryhard, I, I, again, bring up the conversation of, I think we need to really start talking about Rockies coaching. Approaches aren't working. Pitching approach at the beginning of the season and for some pitchers hasn't been working. The approach of the dish hasn't been working uh, for, for some players. I, I, instead of a, an extension, a, a contract question, I think it more lies on. I'm I'm really starting to to, to doubt some of the, the the Rockies coaching, or at least the philosophies that the Rockies are taking when it comes uh, to to uh, to their approach. I I just think that's that's more likely because professional athletes are pros. They always try, and baseball is incredibly hard. I I, I think baseball is one of those ones. It's so easy to armchair quarterback, and I know it's not a different sport, but Hitting a baseball is incredibly difficult, so it's never a lack of trying. It's just more of maybe a philosophy, a mental state, uh, a, a different things like that. That that'd be more what I think. But folks, we're gonna wrap it up here because first pitch is like ten minutes away. So let's get locked in for some Rockies baseball series split still possible here, which is a good way to turn things around. But the the big theme of today was. The Rockies don't get better if they do nothing at the deadline. And the Rockies currently, as constructed, are a team that's almost 10 games below 500 and six games out of the wild card. The last wild card spot.
and I was going to make this point earlier, and I actually want to dive more into this, and I think I might try to do more with it because of where I am. But when you're, when you're diving into this, you'd feel a lot better if you were a Seattle Mariners fan that had a good... Obviously, the 14-game win streak was awesome. But I'm just saying, if you were a Seattle Mariners fan and the Mariners did what the Rockies did going into the deadline, or into the break you'd feel better and more enthusiastic about the Mariners' chances to overcome that record than the Rockies. I think that's you need to compare what the, where the Rockies are at as a team versus other teams that might have underperformed and their construction because the Mariners don't go out and win 14 games for no reason. That's, that's, that's kind of, I think, something I, and, and something I want to explore more. Uh, that was something I was going to talk about more until we were attacked by the spam bots <laughs> earlier in the episode. So uh, apologies if, if, for that. But, folks, that's going to do it for me today on the Locked On Rockies podcast. Uh, go out and make all your favorite Locked On podcasts your second listen of the day, including the Locked On MLB Prospects and Locked On MLB Podcast. And stay up to date with all things Colorado sports with the Locked On Broncos, Locked On Avalanche, and Locked On Nuggets Podcast as well. You can follow me at Paul Holden 33 You can follow the show at Locked On LO Rockies on Twitter. And folks, until next time, I'm Paul Holden saying so long from the Locked On Rockies Podcast.